Good morning. How's everybody? Finish up your conversations. My name is Ken Hanning. I um, have been a part of this church for a long time, and it is a privilege to get to be up here in front of you guys. Uh, a lot of times I get to be with your teenagers, who I really, really, really adore, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then Kurt asked me a while back, he's, we're doing this uh, series on rhythms. Would you talk about communion? So in a minute, I'm going to share with you guys about communion. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I've already heard a couple of, of uh, jokes from the peanut gallery. I just want you to know that if you heckle me, I will retaliate. So, because I'm used to teenagers, and I promise you guys don't have anything on them when it comes to that. <clears throat> so let me pray really quick, and we'll get started. Lord Jesus, thanks for today. I confess that sometimes I miss that, that I can just be grateful for a day, Lord, a day with family, a day with friends, a day of your presence. And Lord, we celebrate today just the, the beauty of who you are, the rescue that you have offered us, the life that you call us to. Would you make that even more clear as we discuss communion today? And Holy Spirit, would you come and open our hearts and our minds to that which the Father would have us hear? Pray that I would get out of the way and you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So, rhythm. <clears throat> I love what Kurt has been highlighting because I think it's, it's so powerful and it's a verse that if you grew up in church, you would know pretty regularly. Like, like Matthew 11. And you hear this preached in so many different contexts. And I think sometimes, actually, it's misused a little bit. We won't go into that today. But Matthew 11 uh, reads this way. If we have it up there. Yeah, you guys have been hearing it. So, come to me, some of you who have earned the right and not cursed this week or done anything wrong uh, and, you know, not watch the wrong television shows or took a nap at work. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, come to me all. Come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. This is really important because as we talk about communion, what's happening in communion when we, when we look at uh, Jesus celebrating the Passover with his disciples, is he is flipping the script on who's acceptable. And that's really powerful. I think it's powerful then, it's powerful for all of eternity, but it's really powerful for right now because we are so divided. We are so divided. And the world continues to invite us to more division, right? How many of you felt like, no, everything's going pretty well lately? Like, it's good. There's great dialogue around our politics. You know, people are getting along. Yeah, it's not the truth, is it? And yet here we have Jesus, the Savior of the world, saying, come to me. It's an invitation to all of you. Life with Jesus, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Life with Jesus through the gift and presence of the Holy Spirit is an invitation to grace and peace that is completely contrary to what the world offers. It is completely contrary to what the world offers. And that's so powerful. 
So before we get too far into that, put a pin in it. I want to talk a little bit about what is communion. How many of you completely understand everything about communion and have taken a master's level course on it in seminary and are like, yeah, this totally makes sense to me. I get it. I know why we go down front and drink grape juice and eat gluten-free bread. And Yeah. So we're going to look at it really quickly because I think it's important when, as we go back to that part where Jesus is flipping the script, it's important to understand what communion is and why we celebrate it. I confess that when I first went into ministry, I remember having this conversation with Alan. I had the privilege of, of being mentored by Alan when I was on Young Life staff and then mentored by Alan when I was uh, on staff here. And I walked in and said, come in, can you help me unpack communion? Because I think the week previous he had allowed me to oversee communion and I got it backwards. You know, I was like, I, I had everybody drink the juice and then had them take the bread and everybody's mouth was dry and people were coughing. It wasn't very holy. And so we sat down and we started talking about communion and he gave me some resources and I began to unpack it because as I was growing up, I attended a Lutheran church and communion looked a certain way. And then when I was, uh, you know, at a, at a non-denominational church, we didn't really take communion. And then I ended up in the vineyard and we take communion, but only on certain Sundays. And so Alan was just so gracious. He helped me really dig into it. So um, at the end, there's going to be a test. You guys will get a degree for this. I'm just kidding. So if you look at Matthew 26 with me, this is Jesus with his disciples celebrating Passover. He says, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. This is really powerful, so hold on to that. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Communion is our celebration of what Jesus was doing with the disciples at Passover. But Passover is the Jewish celebration of God rescuing the people of Israel from slavery. So when we read the story, what Jesus is doing is he, he's, he's basically just being a good Jew, Right? Do you, anybody have Jewish friends? I have a couple. Uh, became really good friends with a rabbi in, when we were pastoring in Galveston. It was a brilliant relationship. And there's so much observation and so much of it is beautiful. And so in that, Jesus is just, he's just celebrating like every other Jew would, that God set his people free. He set them free from slavery. He set them free from oppression. But in the original celebration of Passover... There's actually three elements. There's wine, there's bread, and then there's a lamb. And there's all of these specific structures that God gave the original celebrants of the Passover. They had to live with the lamb for a certain period of time. It had to be a specific kind of lamb. And then on a certain night, they sacrificed the lamb, and they took the blood of the lamb, and they put it over the doorposts of their house... So that when the angel of death came to take the firstborn of Egypt, he would pass over their home. That's why it's called Passover, in case you guys didn't know that. And then afterwards, as they won their freedom from the Egyptians, they followed Charlton Heston into the promised land. <laughs> there has to be one joke. <clears throat> Too serious of a subject. No, they follow Moses into the promised land. And God gives them what he has been promising them for a while, which is this idea of them being their own people and having relationship with the Father. 
So at an outward perspective, Jesus is just celebrating the Passover. But in reality, in a kingdom sense, he is changing everything for all of eternity. When we celebrate communion, I don't want to jump to the end, but when we celebrate communion, we're not just celebrating like, oh, this is good. Let's go down. I was thirsty. We're not just doing it because it's what the church does or because it's an act of, of obedience, which there's nothing wrong with that. We are celebrating Jesus changing all of humanity for all of eternity. Let that sink in for a second, because I confess to you right here, right now, that sometimes it's just walking down front. And I, I don't, I'm not judgmental towards myself or anyone else for that, because we walk into church in all sorts of circumstances. <laughs> I have a five-year-old that is an escape artist that is like, you guys have seen him before, you know, I, like we walk towards the stage, I'm like, oh, he's going to run on the stage, he's going to run on the stage, grab him. So sometimes I'm thinking about that. Sometimes I'm thinking about where we're going to lunch. Like I got up this morning going, oh, it's Mexican food Sunday. Not telling y'all where we're going because I don't want to share a table. Jesus, as he celebrates Passover with his disciples, is changing everything. Because remember, there are three elements, right? Bread, wine, and the lamb. And the Passover that God offered to the Israelites was one that was significant in, in that, but it had to be continually be celebrated. And there were all these regulations about it. You had to go to Jerusalem. You had to pay a specific tax. You had to sacrifice this lamb. You had to purify yourself. You had to take so many days off from work and do all of these different things. And it, and it really it was a religious act. It had become a religious act for them. And religion in and of itself, you know, it, it's not all that bad. It's our attempt to reach God. That's what religion is. You guys know that definition? Religion is our attempt to reach God. And I think God honors our actions when they're made from a faithful heart. I don't think that religion is all completely bad. But what Jesus is doing is saying, no, 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 no. What God wants with every single one of you is relationship. He doesn't want a religious observation where you feel like you're right with God because you did the right things. What he wants is a relationship with you at a soul level because Jesus did all the right things and you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the invitation of the rhythm of communion. That's what we're celebrating. You guys getting this? Make sense? Because I was excited when I wrote it. I was like, this is really good. I'm, I don't, I didn't even, some of this I didn't even know. Just kidding. <clears throat> When we talk about rhythms, when we talk about the invitation, invitation, I can say that word, of Jesus, the invitation is one of peace and of grace and of showing up to a Savior that doesn't need you to have it all right. He doesn't need you to have it all perfect. He doesn't need you to have done all of the things that religion requires. He just wants your heart. He loves you. He loves you so much. Now, if we contrast that with the world, what's the world invite us to? Go ahead, you guys can say some things. What's the world invite us to? Peace? Grace? What's that? 
No, no. I can't make it to the west. My office is on the west side of Pearland. I live in Friendswood. I hit about 35. I'm done with the entire world. I just blow all y'all up. Like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> what does the world invite us to? Name some things. Because, I mean, unless you're living under a rock, there's a lot of stuff happening. Argument. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Strife. Conflict. Biz. Oh, my Lord. Jesus, rest, just right now, let's just pray. Jesus, rescue us from busyness. What's that? Mortality? Yeah? Ed, what were you saying? Conflict. Say it again. Consumption. Oh, yeah, right? Eat more, do more, be more. I'm so sorry, I'm deaf. Pride? Yeah. Competition? James? Fear? Oh my gosh. Sex, drugs, and love of money. There's a song in there. A lot of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, the world invites us to a lot of stuff. Anybody getting fulfilled by any of that? You'd be like, wow, I was so busy. I feel such peace and grace. I, I just, I, I just, I feel so much peace when I get on Facebook. Or when I watch the news, it's like the grace just washes over me and I can relax. It's not real, is it? Yet here's this guy, Jesus, saying, no, no, no. All of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, come to me. Communion is the celebration of not just the invitation of Jesus, but the delivery. Something that struck me as I was preparing was like, there are so many things in the world that promise and never deliver. And, and we could run through an entire laundry list of them, right? But any kind of advertising, I used to have a marketing company. It's, it's all lies, okay? You're not going to feel better if you buy that car. I mean, maybe you will for a little while, but then somebody's going to scratch it in the Walmart parking lot. You should be angry, right? Banks are not for you, in, ca in case you're wondering, all their advertising, we're for you. No, they're not. Nope. Diet Coke does not help you. <laughs> it just makes you do dumb stuff faster. That's it. <laughs> That's what it does. Everything in the world doesn't quite deliver. And yet here's this thing where Jesus says, no, 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 come to me, and I'm going to deliver because I became the lamb. And when you accept what I've done for you, you are set free. Everybody say, I'm free. Anybody feel it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're still thinking about going to work tomorrow. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm free. Well, there's a few of you that meant that. The ones that already have their nap planned. You are free. You're not free from the world. This is this sort of communion thing is the already and the not yet. That's the promise, right? He's already delivered, but we don't get the fullness of it yet. But we can celebrate it. We can come to the table and celebrate it. We should, you know, let me just, I have some friends. I've gotten to take communion in lots of different places. And our communion is beautiful because our worship team is unbelievable. You guys don't know what you have. They're fantastic. And so we get to, <laughs> I get the $5 from, $5 from you later, Devin. Um, no, we have a great worship, and it, and it is simultaneously, I feel like, 
beautifully somber and beautifully joyful, right? I could get to go down and observe it, and at the same time, I'm singing or hearing a beautiful song, and I get to say hi to my friends, and, you know, it's just this wonderful celebration. Sometimes I feel like it should be a little bit more of a celebration. And if you've never watched an African Christian church do communion, go on YouTube and watch that. There is dancing. You know, <laughs> there is all kinds of beautiful stuff. But listen, what I want you guys to hear more than anything, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump forward in just a second. Celebrate! If you don't know what it's about, celebrate. Just celebrate it, because he loves you. I heard a piece of advice from a nun recently that was talking about growing in your walk with Jesus. She said, if you want to grow with your walk in Jesus, get up every morning and say, good morning, Jesus, I love you. So simple. And in some ways, that's what communion is. So simple and yet so beautiful. I want to read the rest of the verse to you and then kind of wrap it up. And we're going to take communion. And um, there's a clock back there. That's handy. Um, take communion and have ministry time because I think the spirit is moving and, and he wants this to be more about just more than just about the understanding of the freedom offered in what Jesus has done and, and actually do the work of freedom. So he says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. it goes on to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart so we're going on to the promise at the end. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's this beautiful story in John 4 that I won't um, read the entirety of, but it's the longest recorded conversation that we have of Jesus, and it's with a woman at the well. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's really good. But he promises her this spring of life that will come up from inside of her. And then at the end, he says something really powerful. He says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Now that can seem like a little bit what does that mean? So, you know, there's a whole other six sermons in there. But what he's actually saying is, God is done with religion. God is done with you trying to get it right. God is, is done with all of that. And the invitation of Jesus through prayer, through scripture, through communion, is this rhythm of us responding to him responding to the invitation of the yoke being easy and the burden being light. And in that, when we get up in the morning, and I don't do this very well, so I get up in the morning, I always feel behind immediately. I'm like, eyes open, oh, I've, I gotta, it can be five o'clock in the morning, I still feel behind. But the invitation of Jesus is to not feel behind. It's to understand that you are right where you are and regardless of what that looks like, and regardless of how that has messed up your life, or twisted up your calendar, or who you've disappointed, or who you've offended, or who's angry at you, those are all things that put weight on us, right? 
We wear them. We wear them in the form of calendars. We wear them in the form of planners, agendas. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let me take that. Let me take that. So in a minute, when we take communion, I, want, I just want to challenge some of you, myself included. Why would we turn that down? Just think about that question. Why would we turn that down? Why would we turn down the peace that God has us and is in control for the sake of our own agendas, for the sake of our own accomplishments, our own professional, you know, awards and accords and things like that. Why would we turn it down? And those things aren't bad. I don't want you guys calling your boss at 10 tomorrow and being like, yeah, I'm going to be a little late. Ken said it was cool. <laughs> if you do, don't give him my number, please. Have him call Kurt. Why would we turn it down? You know why I think we would turn it down? I think because, and this, this really challenges me. I think there's two reasons. One, you don't think you're worth it. And so for you, every Sunday that you come up here and you take this cup and you take this bread, I want you to celebrate that you are worth it. That you are worth it. And say with confidence, I am free. Not because I clicked all the things off the list, but because Jesus has already paid the price. And the second reason, and this is the one that I'm more guilty of, well, I don't want to let him run it all. I want some of the accomplishment. I want some of the, the you know, I, want, I don't want to be weak. I hate that verse in, your, in our weakness, he is strong. Does anybody else hate that verse? I don't like it. I don't want to be weak. I want to be a man. <laughs> so as we celebrate communion, let me invite you to this. Guess what? You don't have anything. You don't. He's, he's got it all. When you turn, when you yield your life to the power of Jesus Christ, you have nothing that is even close to what he can do. Nothing. And I know that feels kind of like not American. Definitely not Texan. <laughs> but it's true. And the beauty comes when we say, okay, Jesus, you take over. You run the schedule. You run the, the stuff. And I'm just going to follow you. And it's really beautiful. So would you guys stand? I'm going to pray, and then um, we'll take communion. Do we have the Lord's Prayer? Yep. Let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
So one thing I didn't ask, I guess you're not up here, are you, Devin? <laughs> you guys want me to sing? I'm just kidding. Lord, I just pray uh, the prayer of my friend, Sean Byrne, who, when they take communion, says these really beautiful words. Lord, would this cup and this bread be everything to us that you mean it to be? So if you will, go ahead and start to come forward, and you guys can take communion, and then we're going to do uh, ministry time, but go, wait, sorry, what am I messing up? I'm getting it wrong again. <laughs> huh? Oh, the Stephen made it. So go ahead and grab the cup and the bread, and we'll take communion together when you get back to your seat, okay? I'm going to share a verse while you guys are um, taking that. I had a time where I was at a, a ranch that with my son, and we were doing a hunting trip, and I didn't know the significance of it at the time, but it was the last time that we were going to get to do that because of uh, some things that happened with one of the other families that went. And I remember thinking, I shouldn't be out doing this. I should be working. I need to provide for my family. I shouldn't have taken this extra day to stay longer. And I woke up on the Monday morning after uh, that weekend, and we're still there. We're leaving that day. And the Lord said, go look at Psalm 127. And I thought, okay. This rolls right. I didn't have it memorized like I know all of you do. And it says this in the begin at the beginning of the psalm. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Listen to this part. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Jesus really loves you. He wants to grant you rest. He wants to give you peace that the world can never give you. So as we take the bread and the cup, I just, Lord Jesus, would you let that permeate our very soul? That you love us and you want to give us rest. You want to give us peace. You long to draw us close and to be the Lord of our lives. And so as we do this, Lord, would you let that sink deep into the very, just not just our souls, but the fiber of our beings. Lord. So on the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, he broke it, gave thanks, and he said, take and eat the body of Christ. This is my body given for you. And afterwards, the cup, the blood of Christ given for us. I feel, um, if you don't mind, keep playing. I feel like there's this This word freedom, we've been thinking a lot about it. We had a word before uh, church about it. And um, I don't know what kind of freedom it looks like. I think for me, sometimes anxiety is such a big deal. But Kurt sent me this text. He's like, oh, we had a word about being free, set free from anxiety. And I was like, oh, I can't pray for that. I'm getting anxious just thinking about praying for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. 
That's really what I thought when I read it. I was like, oh, that makes me anxious. I don't know. That. I don't know. Then, then I thought, okay, Lord, well, then set me free from it. And he did. So, Lord, would you do that? If that's you, would you just raise your hand or stand and we can have somebody come and pray over you? If anxiety to the point of it just wrecking your peace. I mean, we all have a little bit of anxiety here and there, but anxiety that just cripples us. Lord, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let the truth of your love and the truth of your peace and your rest and your grace remove that anxiety in the name of Jesus, we ask. And then the other word we had was about just almost like panic attacks. Anybody in here suffer with that? It's okay if you... Yeah, you can just... So Lord, we ask you to remove that. That as the triggers of this world, the traffic and the busyness and the disappointment create panic attacks. And Lord, I actually feel very specifically, would you guys just extend a hand to our youth? They are growing up in a world that has gone crazy mad. And Lord, I know they feel this. I know they feel this. Our youth and our children, they feel fear, Lord. You are not a God of fear. Would you rescue them from that? Would you put your Holy Spirit so deep in their hearts that the words of panic and fear and anxiety and destruction wouldn't even sink, Lord, as they hear about it, as they hear about it in the hallways of their school, as they see it on social media. Lord, would you rescue them from that? Lord, we need you. We need you. So in just a moment, I'm going to dismiss you all, but... um, if, you, if you're a, a small group leader or a prayer partner, would you guys come down front? And I think there's more people that want to be prayed for. And here at the Vineyard, if you're new to the life of the Vineyard, we pray for healing. We pray for financial difficulties. We pray for you know relationship struggles. Anything that you want prayer for, you can come forward and one of these folks will pray for you. Um, so, who wants to stand together? Jump in. One of the other things as we were praying this morning before service is that I think in a world that's sort of moving and changing and things are coming at us as quickly, we need an authentic encounter with the living God. Mm. You know, John 4 is this authentic encounter face to face with Jesus and the woman's life has changed and her city has changed. And I just think for some of us, you keep showing up, you're, you're trying to figure out the faith thing, but the thing that's missing for you is actually an authentic encounter with God that's so real that you continue to ask the question, are you even real, God? Are you even there? Do you even see me? Do you care? And I just thought about how tangible communion is. You touch the bread. And then your body is filled with this meal. And you drink the cup and you actually know. I just think God might want to do that for some of us today. And so if you're willing, just, just right where you are, if you need to receive from God today, there's sometimes this posture we take, like receiving a good gift. It's not magical. It's not a miracle. The reality is God is present with his people. But you can just open up your hands. You can open up your life. Whatever posture you need to take. 
for whatever the need is that you have right now, we say, living God, come in authentic, powerful ways. We pray for encounter in our lives. We pray for encounter in our stories that would be as tangible as this meal. This meal that points to the banquet feast. This meal that points to your story, Jesus, where you shared meals and you welcome people to the table. People that we never thought should be there, you welcome us. And we need an inbreaking of your kingdom today. We need an outpouring of your spirit today. And so we say, Come, Lord Jesus. Come in ways that our heart needs to be cared for. Come in ways that our mind needs care. Come in ways that our circumstances, we would see the living God. Praying, I'm reminded of a, a lie that I believed a long time ago. Um, and if you, if this is something that you uh, feel, or something that the enemy has lied to you about, and it's this phrase that, yes, Jesus saved me because he had to. Jesus loves me because he has to. Because the word says it, and I can't deny his word. Let me just tell you, Jesus saves you because he wants to. Amen. That's right. That's right. Jesus loves you because he wants to. Not one iota of who you are has escaped his vision, and he loves you. And so, Lord, just whoever in this room has that feeling or, or the enemy has put that lie in their heart, would you set them free now, I pray, Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit would wash that lie away. and They would fully grasp that you, you love them because you want to and you want to save them because you want to, not because you have to. You are the king of the universe. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Yes. Yeah. So if you just know God's meeting you today, we just want to bless what God's doing because that's what we all need. We all need an encounter with God. And so you can actually just grab maybe somebody near you and just go, hey, God's meeting me today. Would you pray for me? Or you can come down front and we've got people ready to pray. And if we need more people to pray, we'll keep our eyes open. But this is what we long for. We need an encounter with God and we want to bless that in the community to say, more Lord. Like, God, would you come and would you bring hope? Would you bring love? And so as we just close our time, just come and receive prayer. And if it feels like a big, I mean, if it feels like crossing the Grand Canyon to come down front, just grab a person next to you and say, would you just, would you just bless what God's doing in my life? And just as a friend, just go, God, I bless what you're doing. We want authentic encounters with the living God. And so you can come receive right now. And Ken's going to pray a prayer of blessing for us all. We're grateful. We know God loves for you. The promise of the Holy Spirit that, that God has already decided. And then he invites us to respond with our lives. I want to pray a prayer of blessing, but I also want to give you a quick challenge. My daughter Ava and I have this really fun thing that we do where we, we commit in the morning to give out five compliments every day. And it's nice, and it's just kind of warm and fuzzy. But I just I want to ask the Lord to give us five people 
this week to tell them that he loves them. Anybody, will you guys join me in that? Just five people. He'll show you who it is. He'll make them shiny or, you know, something. Lord, I just pray that you give us five people this week outside of the, the folks in this room that we get to tell them that you love them. And we get to speak it from a place of authenticity because we have celebrated the love you have poured out on us. We can say it with authority because we feel it and we know it through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. I ask that you bless them as they leave this building. Lord, bless them uh, even on Thursday. Would you bless them, I pray. And let them walk in the grace and the peace and the assurance of your love for them. I ask it in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.